to Wellness Wednesdays and Rise Up with Orion's podcast. Thank you so much for joining our discussion today. It is entitled Stressed, How to Overcome Opposition with Fitness. I would love to introduce my friend, Chris Shane. He is a USA track and field certified coach who has 12 years of coaching experience with the NCAA Division I level. He's a distance running specialist. Chris currently serves as our assistant track coach at Utah Valley University. Chris has coached multiple national champions and All-Americans, as well as dozens of other conference champions. Chris himself is a former collegiate athlete at Brigham Young University, and Chris continues to test his limits by taking on big challenges each year. I know you just finished a big one, Chris, where you were doing 100 days of an unbelievable challenge. So Chris, thank you so much for joining our discussion today. Thanks for having me, Tara. Anything that I missed that you'd like to reintroduce yourself? Anything that you want to share? Tell us about this 100 days or this conquer challenge that you just finished. So um, this was a buddy of mine, actually, who uh, his name is James Lawrence. He is uh, referred to in the in the scene as the Iron Cowboy. Many of you probably have heard of him, but he did 100 full distance triathlons. That's 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike and a marathon every single day for the past 100 days. He just finished last week, and I had vowed to do 100 half marathons every day with him. I got about 25 in, and my life decided, like, everything started falling apart. It was such a challenge just to do a half a marathon a day. Like, I decided to do it all in one time, so not just 13 sure. cumulative miles, but just all at one time. It was it got too much. So the fact that he was able to finish 100 full distance triathlons, and he dubbed them full iron cowboy distance triathlons uh, in the end, because he's the only person in history that's ever even come close to that. And it's a remarkable feat. So um, yeah, I'm just an average guy. I'm a has been. Um, I used to be a great runner. And now I just choose to pick challenges that excite me that terrify me and and uh, see see if, what I'm capable of doing now into my 40s. So, Well, that does not sound like an average guy to me. So very impressed. Good for you for any of that that you completed. That is far better than probably myself and many individuals on this call today. Um, and I think, you know, Chris, that's a great segue into this word that we're talking about today is opposition. Um, so what does that word mean to you or, you know, an example maybe within your life or maybe even the Iron Cowboys life? What is opposition? Yeah, so there's there's a very literal uh, translation to opposition. I think when, when people hear that uh, opposition, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, there, it's a hurdle to overcome. It's a, you know, very, um, very literal or, or I guess you can call it metaphorical. But I want to I want to tell you about a little bit. Um, I'm going to get into some exercise physiology here, right? Um, a physical or mental barrier, the body has these built-in fail-safes, okay? Uh, it keeps us alive. Uh, if we start experiencing pain, that's the body's way or the brain's way of saying, warning, if you continue to do this, um, this could be bad for us. Um, but the brain is not great at knowing the end result of certain things. So it might recognize a, a physical barrier, and we might go through some pain, and that's the brain's way of telling us, hey, warning, this may not be best for us, 
but the brain doesn't know that that actually is probably the best thing for us or will certainly help us to improve. So for example, when, you, when it comes to training philosophy, training theory, okay, if you're an athlete, if you go out and do the same thing over and over and over and over again, you get really good at doing just that one thing. And people forget that the body adapts. So you might go out and you might go for a run. And the next day you might be sore. You probably will be sore. Okay. You have just broken down the body. The brain is sending pain signals to you, warning this is not good. Um, the muscles actually break apart. You break them apart. And then the body is fantastic at rebuilding itself. You've now become stronger by, by putting yourself through a barrier, pushing yourself over that barrier. You are now able to do more work, faster pace, more of it. Okay, that's, that is essentially training theory or training physiology 101. The way that you improve then is that you now can't do the same thing that you just did before. Um, I mean, you can, you will but it doesn't help you like it helped like it helped before now you have to increase the level gradually give yourself another barrier and overcome that push yourself and all the while your brain will be sending these signals to you warning warning this is not good mm -hmm. this could this could really be bad and uh, you you kind of have to ignore those feelings of discomfort and get into a place where you're mentally just just uh, okay with it and the, the same thing happens over and over and over again as we gradually increase our level of adaptation and uh, to these new stressors or these new barriers, we, we get better. So how does that apply to our, our life, our situation? Um, it's very metaphorical here because you'll have things that come up and when you finish them or when you complete these tasks or you find a way to, um, I mean, shoot, maybe it's just clearing off your desk, the mess or, mm -hmm. or whatever. It just starts to pile up. You've got dishes in the kitchen, all this stuff. That's, that's a barrier. That's a legitimate barrier to your own mm -hmm. sanity, right? I'm looking right now um, in my head thinking about the, the, the mess that is my, my clothes and laundry and stuff on the side of my bed. It's causing me anxiety and stress. But when I overcome that barrier and I fold those suckers and I put them away, Mm -hmm. suddenly I feel great and um, you know that's that's how it goes so opposition to me is it, it might seem like something that uh, that we're constantly being steered away from uh, by our brain and by our natural inclination but that is intuitively the wrong choice in a lot of in a lot of ways what we need to do is we need to put our head down and we literally need to go right at it and when we go right at it and we overcome these things, only then does the body get stronger, does the mind get stronger and realize, hey, I, that was great. Yes, absolutely. And you know, I'm thinking about it too, within all aspects of well-being as well, no matter if it's a you know social barrier that you just need to have a you know crucial conversation with someone that you love or a friend, you know, financial barriers, you know, whether it be budgeting or just paying off that credit card bill, I think we can overcome opposition in every aspect of well-being as well, which is what I love that you just said is, you know, we can only do better than we did yesterday. And I think, you know, our, our self is that competition. So I love, you know, just putting your head down and, you know, overcoming whatever barrier opposition is ahead of us. So that is 
So great. Chris, do you have any examples of, you know, maybe professional athletes or yourself or athletes that, you know, maybe you're going to the Olympics next month that are maybe prime examples of how they use fitness to do this? Yeah, absolutely. And and you 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 brought up a really great point that I just wanted to touch on is being better than yourself or improving on yourself. There's such a there's such a pandemic of uh, looking at others, judging ourselves based on what others are doing, um, calculating your own self-worth based on what other people are doing and how you are doing in relation to them. Um, but that is that that's that's totally counterintuitive and and can be destructive because we can only be as good as we can be for ourselves. Um, genetically, I didn't get a chance to choose my parents. So unfortunately, I have the genetics that I have and I can only do what I can do with them physically from uh, my own seat and my perspective. And, um, you know, that and that is the case with everything, not just physically, not just genetically for athletic purposes, but also emotionally and mentally. Like we're all um, carrying around a deck of cards, so to speak, and we can only we can only play the hand that we're dealt from our own deck of cards every single day. And the key really is to do the best that we can with what we have. And some of us might have more than others, and that's okay, great for them, if they have more than than we have, so I have I have three rules that are kind of my life rules and coach rules, and those are to be a good person, be a good teammate, and give max effort. Okay, be a good person is kind of just a general. I, I just feel like uh, being a good person and doing good deeds and caring about people is 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 a good thing, and um, you'll you'll never regret caring more about others and just being a good person. Um, being a good teammate, you don't have to be on, a, on an actual sports team or a work team or anything for that to apply, but being a good teammate is more individual focused. If you see somebody struggling, could be a friend, a family, a coworker, a teammate, um, reach out, you know, talk to that person, give them some encouragement, be a good, be a good individual person, a supporter individually on a one-on-one -on -one level. Um, and that that really matters. Um, and you'll find that you build relationships one on one with people and synergize and are able to then overcome together more things. Um, you'll be surprised when you give advice to somebody or try to help a person who you feel is struggling. It it actually gives you the resolve to do better at what you've got going on as well. And so it's very synergistic in that approach. And then giving max effort is just like you said, you can. You can only be the best you you can be. So, you know, I have athletes who train all year long and they get sick right before the championship and, you know, they're stressed out. I'm not going to run my best. I'd, oh, this is so, so frustrating. And, and it's okay to be frustrated when things come up, but you can always go to sleep at night if you know that you gave it all you, all you could. And, exactly. and, and you forget about what it what it means to be uh, the best ever, and you think about what it means to be the best on that day, uh, and that's whether or not you're you're working or or running or it, doing anything. Just try to be the best you can on that day, and give yourself grace when when you might fall a little short, or heaven forbid, you actually get discouraged and quit on yourself. 
-hmm. I mean, that's worst case scenario, right? You quit on yourself. But a lot of times when we quit, we experience this like inner guilt or turmoil that drives us to the next thing. And you don't like how that feels when you quit on something or you don't give max effort. And so that intrinsically will um, motivate you to do something, do something more. So really quickly, I wanted to get into uh, I rambled there. I'm sorry, but you're fine. Um, no, I love it. it. You know, it really just fuels that passion, you know? So I think those are amazing little things. I mean, how can you not feel good about yourself when you go to bed, as you said, you know, really, you know, feeling so fulfilled when you're a nice person, you have people there that support you and you tried, you know? So I think that's amazing. So thanks for sharing that. Oh, you bet. Well, I want to get into just a couple examples. Okay. So, so we, we newsflash, we had a pandemic and we got through it. Um, we're, we're starting to come out of it. I was one of the lucky few that did not uh, contract COVID. Um, I feel like that was a miracle because I was around all these college students who were getting it like crazy. Um, but uh, it was a tough time. I mean, for me personally, I can tell you it was a difficult time. And there were choices that I just wanted sometimes sitting at home. I, I was just like, you know what? Well, I'm not going into work today. Um, nobody will blame me if I just don't work. Uh, if I just call in sick, if I don't go out and exercise, if I don't do things, nobody, who's going to, who's going to get mad at me? We're in a pandemic, you know, this is tough times. I'm just going to take a, I'm going to take one for me and I'm just going to sit down. And then that, that kind of keeps going and it's contagious. And the next thing you know, you're like, man, I, I don't even want to get out of bed today. Right? <laughs> or tomorrow or the last <laughs> yeah. five days. It's, it's okay. It's a real thing. And I am a pretty uh, self-starting motivated type of person, but I was definitely struggling. Um, anyway, there's choices that we make. And I want to give you an example of of a couple of, of, of those choices that people make. There were, by the way, more world records in track and field that were broken this last year than any year that I can remember. Uh, the 5,000-meter the women's world record was just broken twice um, it, within three days. That was a record that's only had three women hold it ever. Wow. And it, it, it's, it's, it's stunning. Uh, the 10,000-meter on the track was broken. The half marathon on the roads was broken. The one-hour effort was broken, both men and women doing this. Um, the pole vault world record was broken. The high school 5K was broken. High school mile was broken. On the women's side, there were multiple people doing astonishing things. Like I said, my friend James Lawrence, Darren Cowboy, did 100 consecutive full distance triathlons. Uh, and, and, and he had to start his training during the pandemic when there was a lot of uncertainty. And, um, you know, there have just been incredible things. I have had athletes who uh, came off of being pregnant, had a child, um, getting motivated to to lose weight or get yourself back in a in a good place physically after having a child is is something that I don't know how anybody does it, and it's it's so empowering when I see people just survive after pregnancy. I I I'm so glad that I'm a guy and I don't have to. I don't have to birth a child because I don't know how anybody could do it. Um, but, but there's just great examples. And I, I was getting a lot of emails during the, during the pandemic last year, um, emails from potential recruits that wanted to join our team. And a theme that I would get in these emails was, 
I wasn't able to have a, a track season last year um, because COVID cut it short. And, you know, I therefore my times aren't as good as they could have been because I didn't have that that time to do it. I got a lot of those. And every time I would read those, I, I would at first I would read them. And I would think, yeah, you're right. That's a bummer. Then I was reading some and and um, I would get a different kind of email. Hey, coach, really interested in your team. You know, my season got cut short uh, last year because of COVID, but I decided to continue to train and I just found a local track and I just did some time trials by myself. I know that they're not the best times because there's not competition involved, but um, I was one second off of my personal best in the mile, um, you know, and I hope that I can find a spot in your team. Those two different mm -hmm. scenarios started to open up my mind and think, wow, I want to illuminate these high school kids that thought that their season was ruined or over because of some external factor that happened to them like COVID. The fact of the matter is some, some in some cities and some states, you couldn't go outside without wearing a mask. I, I get it. I get that. But there is always a way. There's always a way to, to do more. And for most people, you can walk to your local high school or the closest track near you. The gates are open. There's no, there's no one holding you back from, from testing yourself. The, there's no one holding you back from walking out that door, lacing up your shoes, and going for a run and testing yourself or just, or just getting out the door for your own sanity. So it really falls on on the person to do that work and i found a clear distinction of the people that that decided to use covid as a as kind of an excuse to do less and then the people that are breaking world records and doing these incredible things they used it as a time to train when their competition was sleeping or even just an added motivation of you know what if i can do this during this I can do anything. Mm -hmm. And that is that is kind of the mantra that I've had now post post COVID era. I know we're still kind of in it uh, a little bit, but but I literally feel like, wow, that was one of the most difficult years of my life from a coach. I was so busy. <laughs> if I can do all of that and still function, mm -hmm. I can do anything. And uh, and so it, it really lots of great examples. I could give so many, but I'll, I'll leave it there. I love it. And it's it's one of those where we talk about it a lot with Orion and our coaching staff is to help people figure out what their why is. And if they don't have a why, they're they're not going to get up off the couch. And that's OK. Um, but again, I think all those world world records and your athletes that were sending that that one side of the email, they all had a why. And it was very different for everybody. Um, just a personal example on my side and my mother, you know, be, told it to me straight is I signed up for, you know, it's called the triathlon. So it's a, you know, a sprint triathlon. I did it a couple of years ago after I had my first child and I'm signed up for it again. And my mom was like, why, why are you doing that to, to yourself? And I said, mom, cause I know I can physically do it, but it's the mental thing for me. And so again, that was the, you know, kind of my aha moment. Why am I doing this? But it was so much the mental game for myself because I know I can do it. Um, but mentally, do I believe in myself that I can do it? So I'm signed up for it. So there's my why. So coach, keep me accountable for that. Um, but again, I think, you know, that why is so important. And I think that's 
unbelievable. And I can only imagine with the Olympics coming up, you, I'm sure, are going to be jumping out of your seat for so many of the things that you're seeing that you've probably never seen before. Yeah, that's that's the, one of the most exciting things to me. I mean, we we live we live life and we see it all, you know. And sometimes uh, life gets mundane, work gets mundane because we just see the same things over and over and over again. And that can be a barrier too, an obstacle to overcome is how do I, you know, how do I keep going or how do I re-motivate myself when it seems like everything is kind of the same same routine? Um, and just just know that there there's so much new out there waiting. Um, it's just a matter of having your eyes open and being game to, to experience it and not being afraid to settle and take that next step, take that next challenge, choose something that terrifies you, you know, um, and, and set it as a goal and, and shock yourself when you realize that you're much better than you ever thought you could be. Um, if, if you're in a great spot and life is really cozy right now and you just like your routine, great. That's awesome. You know, you, that nothing wrong with that. Um, maybe, uh, you know, look to look to other things to kind of inspire you to help to help you kind of feed that flame. Mm -hmm. You know, keep keep the flame lit. If it's if it's stoked right now and and everything is going really well, um, you know, the Olympics is great. These motivation, these these uh, inspiring events. Um, you can draw motivation from a lot of things, and so that's one thing that I love about life is that there's always something new, and sometimes exciting, sometimes terrifying, sometimes tragic around the corner but um it's it's always evolving and and we can always kind of have something something the next thing exactly and i think there's a lot of individuals who are probably going to listen to this podcast later on that are just struggling to get back into their routine after the last 18 months of uncertainty and chaos um, so from your coaching hat that you wear and your personal hat as well you know for for new new exercisers or those that are trying to get back into their routine, what are your what are some of your tips or you know maybe how to find motivation outside of looking at other athletes? What do you what do you suggest? Yeah, getting started is the hardest thing with anything, um, and everybody's heard it a million times, but just go, just do. You know, the first step. I mean, just just commit to going the um the road to hell is paved with good intentions right as yeah. the saying goes and we all have these these intentions we, some of us are hyper planners and we plan out the day beforehand or the week beforehand and we we've got these things that we want to do and and a lot of times we don't get around to doing it because life interferes but you know i i get it life interferes but i'm a big believer that um you are the master of your own destiny and you can choose to do whatever you want if an if an obstacle comes up or a distraction comes up that could pull you away from doing what you want to do um you know maybe um, maybe it's an errand or something that you didn't have planned on that day and it took extra time out of your schedule and now you now you are not have not being able to do your exercise or do your do the thing that you needed to do i think that you can still do those things uh, if you don't allow yourself to say that you can't. So mm -hmm. just 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 do it. Just go for it. Just just, just forge ahead. Um, putting one foot in front of the other, going slow. 
Okay, so the other thing about getting started is sometimes we're so excited to get started, it's easy to get out the door that first time, you know, then the next day, uh, you're so sore or so tired or so beat up because you probably went a little too fast or too hard or lifted too much weight mm-hmm. or whatever it is that now you're just like, oh, I, I can barely even walk, Mm-mm. right? So another thing is when you do decide to just get out that first time, uh, hold yourself back, you know, um, you know, apply some restraint and realize that, that it really is about consistency. It really is about not just getting out one time, but getting out multiple times. And then you you form a habit and you will be shocked at how quickly you can lose weight, how quickly you can go from being depressed to being in a really good mental space, how quickly you can go from being an average uh, runner or athlete to being an exceptional athlete or runner or anything that you do, how quickly you can go from being just a decent co-worker, a decent employee to employee of the month. Um, I, I promise like it doesn't take very long to do these things. And if we had a crystal ball and you could see how many days it took to get results that were satisfactory to you mm-hmm. or exceptional to you, we would all be doing it. But crystal mm-hmm. balls are in short supply. And, um, and it's, it really is just a, a, a matter of having that faith and just having people that believe in you that's where a coach comes in i mean shoot you can employ a friend or a coworker to be your coach mm-hmm. but i understand that orient has some wellness coaches and people that are great these are people that can help you see they kind of have a pseudo crystal ball i have as a coach i have a crystal ball in some regards to my athletes because i've seen so many different athletes from all different categories or spectrums of talent that when I see athletes, they resemble dozens or hundreds of other athletes that I've had, and they do the certain type of training and they get the same types of results that I've seen other athletes get in the past. I can tell them with almost 100% confidence what is going to happen. I can tell them almost with 100% confidence how fast they're going to run in their next race within, you know, seconds. Um, And so, put your put your faith in other people to 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 push you and to help you and you will be surprised on how much you can accomplish in such a short time if you just kind of put the blinders on don't don't get judged you know don't judge yourself based on other people do you and do it every day and you'll be shocked well, and you went right back to your, you know, second tip that you mentioned at the beginning. It's all about teamwork, right? Finding those people in your end of the ring, which is so yep. amazing. And it brings, you know, so much joy to have someone there, you know, cheering you on or picking you up when you fall down. Um, Chris, you mentioned something about kind of the mental high, which I want to revisit because you mentioned it in passing. But I want to kind of drill in and dig a little bit deeper on that with fitness and exercise. You may hate it and it may hurt. And, you know, I know for me, the running leg of triathlons is the hardest part for me. But why do I finish and feel better? What's going on there? Yeah, I mean, there's a physiological response and it's well documented. But um, the, the runner's high or the, the high that you get actually from just doing things that um, and anything, a, achievement, accomplishment, it doesn't necessarily have to be physical. But while we're talking about physical Um, your body actually releases dopamine uh, when you exercise. Dopamine is 
it, it, it's the same thing as uh, basically what um, what some drugs uh, help to induce, but this is totally natural. And um, those those dopamines actually uh, target a center of the brain that, that makes you feel good. It's it's and it also there have been studies. There was a study recently, uh, I believe it was at Harvard, and they um, they found that when you feel good uh, and you have more of these levels of dopamine or these positive responses, I think this the study was actually um, they had a, a control group that they would have uh, they would give negative feedback or very be very hard on very strict um, you're not doing this you need to do more you need to do better and then they had a another group where they would give positive reinforcement they would tell them how great they were doing what a great job when they turned assignments in and they would give high praise on what it what it was that they turned in and they found a huge correlation between the high praise group and the positive reinforcement group and levels of, of dopamine and, and levels of hormone that were positive on the brain and performance. And those, um, those in that group outperformed mm -hmm. and stayed in school at a higher rate than, than the others. And it's, I mean, it's, it's no secret, right? I mean, we want to feel good at what we're doing and we want to feel valued by our bosses and by our coaches and by the people who are around us. And when we feel like we've done a good job um, and, and our biggest critic and the one that we get the most uh, positive reinforcement from or negative reinforcement from, you're looking at, you're looking at the person, right? Right in the mirror every day. And so if you can convince yourself that you did something well, uh, it'll go miles towards uh, doing doing it more often and doing it uh, at a, at a better rate. And that that dopamine, that release that you get from just from just being active, from just being doing something, uh, is one of the the biggest factors, one of the key factors uh, from a scientific perspective that that kind of fuels that that progress. Well, and talk about an addiction, right? When you feel that and you know what it feels like. I mean, there's a reason why the Iron Cowboy did a hundred triathlons, right? There's there's yep. got to be something to that. Absolutely, yeah. It, it, you know, you'd be surprised. I I know people who absolutely, you know, hate running. They're like, nope, running is not for me. For me, swimming. It's like, nope. I I can swim. I know how to swim. But if I'm not swimming with a surfboard underneath me, if I'm not paddling, swimming sounds like the most terrible thing that you could ever do. You know. So, um, but you know, I I remember when when I was. Uh, younger and a lot more talented and more more ambitious and I was doing triathlons competitively uh, I realized I had to swim uh, to it was the first leg of a triathlon so you kind of have to do it and so I thought well I might as well learn how to do this better and as I started diving into the technique and the nuances of this new skill or this new this new objective I started becoming fascinated by it. Oh wow, drag! You know, when you're in the water, drag is a thing, and so it's it's probably not beneficial to wear you know, clothing that causes a lot of drag that doesn't allow you to glide through the water efficiently, and and the technique and the positions that you need to be in. And I found myself kind of um, getting pseudo addicted to the idea of being a better swimmer. And then, poof! A couple weeks later, 
it was no problem for me to go to the pool regularly and get into a rhythm. I actually found it enjoyable, except for when I'd get out and I'd smell like chlorine for four days yes, straight. But yes, of course. You know, yeah. So so you'd be surprised if there's something that you hate to do. Um, you know, take a look at maybe the more technical side of it. How mm. can I dissect this and and become a better technician or be more efficient at doing that thing? And if you focus on that first, you'll be surprised that you might actually fall in love with it at the end. And I've seen many cases of, of people who hated running and now they're just absolutely obsessed with it. And these people I could probably have you know, run circles around uh, years ago, um, but now they run circles around me. And it's just because they, they get out there and do it and have been doing it consistently. Yes. And I was just going to, you just said the word, um, you know, so again, I know most runners quit because they start out going too far and too fast and too hard, you know, so I think you just nailed it with your consistency is, you know, starting out slow and perfecting the little things is going to really help you get that, you know, that feeling of dopamine and extra happiness and man, you're overcoming, you know, one more time, this opposition that we may be faced with is, oh my gosh, I hate running, but now I don't hate running anymore. Talk about overcoming opposition with, with running. Um, so amazing. So we're running to the end of our time. Wanted to shoot a quick question over to you that came in about the QB, um, which is a, sounds like it's a, a pedaling machine that you would use underneath your desk. Um, so any thoughts on that as kind of a coach in terms of fitness and exercise. Sounds exciting. I mean, I, I've seen uh, treadmill desks, you know, the, the, I think it started initially with like a stand-up desk was kind of the new, the new thing. Oh, well, I'm not going to sit down. I'm going to stand up at my desk. Mm -hmm. um, that sounds like uh, I, I have like post-traumatic stress syndromes from working retail um, when I was, you know, in high school, having to stand up the whole time without any breaks. But, but there is, there's a lot of benefit to, to being active. And, and a lot of, I know a lot of us have desk jobs where we are sitting for long periods of time and the body's metabolism kind of adapts to that, um, that the, the heart rate comes down because it doesn't have to send blood to muscles that are working because they're not working and they're resting and everything kind of sags a little bit. So yeah, I think that is great. QB is what it's called. And yeah, that sounds exciting. You'll be, you'll be all the rage at work and everybody will want to work at your desk uh, to try it out. So yeah, uh, you know, getting a little bit of, a little bit of something in there is, is a fantastic way to boost some fitness. Um, with, with regards to that consistency point, okay, the body loves to do things for longer periods of time, right? So, for example, you could run 100 miles in a week, but if you do that by, by running two miles at 8 a.m., two miles at 10 a.m., two miles at 12, you know, doing it that way, when the body is only running two miles at a time or 15 minutes, it doesn't get into a state where it's um, where it's actually benefiting. The systems don't come on long enough to get any adaptation or any level of adaptation from it. So make sure that you're doing it for an extended period of time. So if you are using that QB, you know, instead of kind of doing it for shorter bursts or whatnot, um, maybe go on an easier setting that you can kind of sustain for a little bit longer. Um, or if uh, make sure that you're doing it during a time that I like to call kind of my power hour. It's mm -hmm. where I shut off all notifications. I lock my door. 
nobody talks to me i am i am busy i'm getting things done i'm not going to i'm not going to deviate so maybe do that during your power hour right where you got an hour of just like constant slow pedaling and the body will will benefit most from that as opposed to you wake up in the morning or you get to work in the morning you start pedaling on it oh first meeting you get off you come back you start pedaling oh i got to go to the back you know you got to oh, oh, got to stop okay yeah, and I think I heard a couple of things that you said there. Um, find something that is interesting to you. You mentioned that earlier, finding something that you love. And maybe it's the QB, maybe it's something else, you know. So, again, I think that is huge. And then, you know, just the consistency of making sure that you're tricking your body a little bit and you're not just going through the motions and keeping it pretty steady. Um, so, Chris, you've shared a lot of great things with us today. Um, and as we wrap up our time, um, you will probably repeat a couple things, but I would love – from Coach Chris Shane, um, your top three to five tips that you can give individuals to optimize their fitness level today. Okay. Um, yeah. Number one is consistency. Just do something over and over and over again. If you want to be good at something, uh, and, and with that, uh, specificity, okay, specific. Um, I'm not going to become a really good runner if I'm playing basketball and shooting free throws. Okay, you're not going to be a good free throw shooter if all you do is shoot three pointers, you know, when you go to the gym. Um, being specific matters. And so if you want to be a good, if you want to run a good marathon or a good half marathon, um, doing a lot of short, quick intervals and things like that and using a lot of your training time for that type of training is not very beneficial for running a good marathon. Being aerobically uh, fit or having a system that delivers oxygen efficiently in your body is what you need 99% of the time to run anything over kind of a half marathon. So you need to spend time in that system or running aerobically. Uh, if you want to be good at running a mile, then you want to run faster. You want to run those, those, those things. So specificity is really important. Um, like I mentioned earlier, gradual adaptation. Okay, you can't, this happens at every level, even right now. My athletes, um, I, I, I fear that some of them get caught just showing up for practice and when we have a hard workout and they, they look at, okay, we're doing um, 10 by 1,000 meter repeats and they want, they're so concerned about finishing all 10 that they forget about how fast did I do this workout the last time? What were my paces the last time? And they will oftentimes do the same paces that they did the last time or the previous two times. And that isn't doing them much good. They might finish the workout and go, ah, I finished. I did them all, you know, at the same paces that I needed to. But they didn't, they didn't benefit from maximum adaptation because they didn't push themselves to that next step. Okay, so gradual adaptation to stress and overload just a little bit of overload it takes about two weeks for the body to get used to something mm -hmm. then you overload it and then overload it and then allow yourself to recover okay that's the that's the third mm -hmm. point is you have to have recovery days in in life in work in stress you have to unplug sometimes you have to have some you time the body needs a chance to recover so when you do hard work usually one or two days you've got to go easy and, and re recover and relax. It doesn't mean to take a complete day off. It just means take the intensity out of it. Take the stress out of it. Pop the earbuds in. Drop the pace. 
put the blinders on, forget about cars when they see you on the road thinking, man, that guy, a gal is running so slow, you know, forget about it. <laughs> Just get out there and, and recover. Okay, yes. and oh then gosh, um, I just think about you too having that mental health day. You know, even Coach Shane has his mental health, you know, down days to recover, and I think that's so important. Absolutely, and then the last, the last step. Well, recovery with recovery. Okay, nutrition. Nutrition seems like this. I, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a dietitian. I don't know what to do. What what types of things? Should I, it's simple. Just stay away from saturated, saturated, greasy fat fries and 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 sodas and things like that doesn't mean you can't have them um just just limit them okay it's just moderation and things here um i have a coke all the time my athletes look at me like oh coach you're drinking soda i'm like yeah i'll have a coke i don't care it's okay um but what i'm not going to do is i'm not going to go to a restaurant and before i leave i'm not going to fill up my drink again and take it with me on the road as just an extra well i didn't need that Okay, yeah. so just limit those those types of things. And when you're talking about nutrition, the most important part of nutrition and performance is eat something right when you get done. Okay, the harder the workout, the more critical it is to eat some carbs. Or if carbs aren't your thing, uh, carbs are the best because they get into your system quickly. Um, but try to get some proteins. Try to get some things in your system. And um, it's not rocket science, you know, just just eat as healthy as you can, as clean as you can and stay away from some of those some of those junk foods. Um, and then the, the last thing that I'll that I'll say um, is keep a daily log. OK, mm -hmm. keep a keep a journal of the things that you do. Um, if you start to get um, excuse me. All right, got a little cough. <laughs> if you start to uh, develop a little bit of an injury, uh, very common when you're first starting out, okay, you can go back in time or maybe you've actually gotten through the first adaptation stage of like two weeks to kind of get into a routine. And then you start kind of increasing those paces or increasing that volume or increasing your tasks. And you notice that maybe, oops, I might have pushed it a little too much. I, I, I started feeling this little pull in my uh, you know, in my glute or in my knee or something is kind of starting to hurt. Don't panic. That's okay. Take a look at what you did. Go back in uh, your little written journal. And it could be as simple as just a piece of paper that says the date and what you did and how you felt. Hmm. And if you, that's it. One line, just one line, one line, one line. And then you know, two weeks from now, you might have something come up. You might, uh, a foot thing might come up or you might have, uh, start to get shin splints or calves are really tight. And you can be like, oh man, I don't know where, I don't know what to do. Maybe I should back off. Well, chances are, if you look back at your log, you'll remind yourself, oh, I did a really hilly run the other day, or I climbed a whole bunch of stairs and my calves are hurting. Like it happens to me all the time. The other day I was uh, digging some some irrigation things and the next day I couldn't understand why I was so sore. I was like, what? What in the what did I do? Because it didn't dawn on me that that thing would cause that response. Right. And then I realized, oh, yeah, you know, I haven't picked up a shovel in a while. And yeah, just just a sudden change. And it didn't mean that that those muscles like, oh, man, I'm I'm wrecked. I'm I'm definitely injured or I can't continue to do work. No, I could I could continue to pick up a shovel, but I just had to alert myself of why 
and how and when that was. And so when you keep a log, you can go back and look and go, okay, I see. I started feeling this pain after this day because in my log it says feeling great, feeling great, feeling great. Okay, day four, uh, really, really sore, really, really tired. Day five or six, um, you know, you, you worked, had a really hard workout schedule, blah, 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 blah. And then day seven, can't run, injured, mm. barely walk. And you, you just have to go back and look at it and say, okay, I did this this day. I wasn't quite recovered. I worked too hard too soon after that. And then I got injured. Okay, there's the recipe. I'll just mm-hmm. not do that in the future. I'll, I'll modify what I'm doing going forward. And I'll say, okay, after this hard workout, I know that I need at least this many days, at least or more, so that I don't run into this issue again. And the body is incredibly resilient and, and has the ability to repair itself as long as the mind is on board, okay? So I know some people struggle with lingering injuries and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be afraid to have a little bit of pain. Just take the intensity out of things and up your kind of up your sleep and up your kind of your nutrition, your healthy food after you, after you do a hard session. And you'll be surprised how quickly something that's been nagging you for a long time just suddenly goes away and isn't a thing anymore so those those are some those are some tips from coach shane for y'all well coach shane i feel like you just turned into a chef because you gave us so many different ingredients to kind of mix in there and figure out what we like to taste and what we don't like to taste and i love it so yes it's fantastic so thank you so much i know i scrolled down a whole bunch of things that i'm going to use um to kind of kickstart and make sure that i'm performing at my best But again, thank you so much for your time today. For all of our listeners, um, appreciate you joining the call. Want to welcome you to next month's podcast as well. We'll be welcoming back our meditation expert. We'll be doing a mindfulness meditation. So again, I'm sure Chris could speak a whole nother, you know, 45 minutes on, you know, the benefits of mindfulness and meditation. So we'll be jumping into that with a guided meditation. So we hope you will join us then July 21st. Thank you so much, Chris. And thanks to all of our listeners. Have a great day. Thanks for having me.